Hey, hi everybody, welcome. It is episode 211 of Atomic Radio Hour, and I am your host, Vince. This is the post-nuclear podcast. How are you? I hope you're well. hope you're doing fine. I'm moving them and I'm shaking. You know, like one does. Some fun things to talk about this week. It's, it's still weird to open up a show. Because I don't hear the music, like I could play into the music if I could, but I can't, so I shan't and I won't, but hello and welcome to the program. I kind of want to jump right into uh, just just something Fallout related, something very interesting to me. Behind me, here, somewhere here, will be a screenshot or two of the first shots of uh, the Fallout show. The Fallout Amazon Prime television program. There's some shots behind me. And uh, boy, oh boy, does it look neat. There's really not much to go on. Um, It is the Super Duper Mart. It looks like it's the Super Duper Mart from Fallout 4. That's about it. I saw King Fan Man post something about it today. Um, Real quick. He said something like, It's following Fallout 3 story. I don't know. And then Mantis chimed in and said, was like, I don't know. That kind of sounds more like Fallout 1 story. Um, maybe that tweet's behind me if I can find it. Again, I haven't been very lucky lately with finding tweets. Um, but we're finally getting to see it. There's a picture. I'll probably have the picture up right now, right where my hand is, of Walton Goggins without his big ass teeth of him wearing a hat and behind him it just says ghoul. Looks really cool. I'm very excited for this. But, like, we don't have much to go on other than it's being filmed in Staten Island, which is really cool because I usually, like, spend summers there. Like, thanks, computer. Thanks for letting me know. I know I have an update. I need an update when my phone I'm recording, dick. So, anyway, uh, it was just cool because I was just like, wow, I wonder if I've passed the location a million times without realizing that I've passed... A million times this location where they're going to shoot the fallout show and like i don't think because my grandmother lived in staten island growing up so i don't think she was living there at the time i was playing fallout 3 i could be wrong it could be right at the end there because it was shortly after my little brother was born that she moved out anyway it's just awesome to see that this is finally happening walton goggins big ass teeth i want to know what the story is everything kind of just seems like it's up in the air right now still kind of in a good way um i hope we get at least a trailer within the next six months because i don't think we're going to get the show till 2024 which means we're not going to get a game until 2029 at the earliest uh but with all of this being said, I just wanted to talk about it quick. It looks super dope. looks super cool. I'm very excited to see what happens with this show. More of a lighter note. Um, just a fun story. Again, behind me will be a picture, too. Uh, my friend hits me up and goes, yo, you want to leave work and go to a baseball game? I'm like, yes, I want to leave work and go to a baseball game. And uh, he's like, all right, cool. Meet me in Denver. <laughs> He's like, I got tickets to a ball game. And I'm like, get out of here. How? He's like, don't worry about it. I got tickets. So if you follow me on Instagram, you might have seen some of these pictures already. He, um, we're working it out and he's got to get a, tr- a bus and he goes to get on the bus and he misses it or the bus misses it. Stop. I don't remember the exact story. I don't really, it doesn't matter. But he misses the bus. And I'm like, so you're not going to the game now? He's like, there's, I don't have a car. There's no way for me to get to Denver. Like, I can't do anything about it. And he was going to take an Uber or a Lyft, and it was like 900 bucks. And he's like, hey, I'm not paying $900 to go see the Rockies. I'm like, I don't blame you. 
So I was like, hey, did you get physical tickets or digital tickets? He's like, I got digital. I'm like, you still, what are you going to do with them? He's like, well, I'm not, I can't sell them. I was like, you want to send them my way? <laughs> so he sends me eight tickets. So I'm like talking to my friend at work and I'm explaining like, yeah, I was going to go see a ball game, but I'm, I think everything fell through. And, you know, I've lived here for almost two years and I haven't seen a ball game yet here. And I like really want to go to a baseball game. I love baseball. I, I couldn't tell you who's on what team. I can't tell you every single rule. I can't even tell you who's like a really good player right now. I can maybe tell you who two of them are, maybe. But I just enjoy watching baseball be played. And I can, like, it makes sense to me. Like football doesn't, uh, football for the UK, uh, soccer here, uh, it doesn't make sense to me. It just doesn't. Hockey's kind of cool, but I think it's just because it's so quick that I, I'm into it. Baseball, baseball's a lot of, baseball reminds me a lot of uh, boxing because it's a lot of manipulation, like with the pitching. And boxing is so much of like your hands are here and you're trying to psych out the guy because you're trying to have their brain focus on so many different things. There's a lot of, boxing is very physical, don't get me wrong, but there's a lot of mental manipulation that is in boxing. And like if you watch someone like Floyd Mayweather fight, it's very much about the points. Like he doesn't care about knocking you out. He just wants to hit the points. Where Mike Tyson gets in the ring and his goal isn't to punch you, it is to punch through you. Like he's in there to kill you. And that's why Mike lost like three fights and the three, three to six, I always forget the number. Maybe it's four, but every fight he lost went past round three because he would get in the ring. Watch the Spinks fight. Just watch the Spinks fight, please. Watch Tyson versus Spinks. I watch that like, like th- four times a year whenever I need inspiration. I just watch this man who had not been touched, Mike Spinks, get into the ring with Mike Tyson. And Mike Tyson puts fucking nine punches into this man's chops and he is out. And this is a man who has never been stopped. He had a perfect record up until he fought Tyson. Love Mike Tyson. <laughs> All right, so I go to the ball game, and I'm excited because ever since I was a kid, we always went to ball games, and I was very—I'm very much into like the history of it. So I was used to Yankee Stadium, and that's my team. Like I have my Yankee hat. If you've seen the one cooking video, I think I wear it in that. Like you know, that's my team. That's where I'm from. You know, I was born in Brooklyn. Whatever. I left when I was two. Some of the words st- stood around, but I didn't. Like. That's my team. I enjoy that. The old stadium that I grew up in, not grew up in, but grew up going to, very fond memories of that. But I'm learning slowly. Every every stadium is better than Yankee Stadium. And I know how that sounds to anyone who is a Yankee fan. We're too, too based in tradition, us Yankee fans. But, comma, Coors Field is a beautiful stadium. And I love stadiums. And I think Fallout 4 did it to me where I like look at stadiums now because when I was still living in PA, I went to go see a Philadelphia Phillies game. And when I went there, uh, I'm just sitting there going like, oh yeah, look, you could put something there and you could have some like a crater side supply-esque like store there and you could put something there and even right over there and like the way the the beams are and the stadium's so far away from everything else but then there's other stadiums around it and then you could have different trade routes and since it's kind of like open land it would be a nice highway you could see the you could see all the caravans coming and going like it really put me it really makes me look at things differently this this fucking series that i adore but i go to this game and i spend so there's a thing out here. It's like a, a delicacy out here called Rocky Mountain Oysters. And if you don't know what that is, it's bull testicles. Bull testicles. Nut sack, my guy. Not the sack, but nuts. Balls. Uh, huevos. Uh, uh, stones. I'm trying to think of other... Whatever. 
So I go up to the dude and the guy was from, he's, the dude was from like the next town over in Brooklyn that I was from, the dude who helped me out. So I'm like, yeah, where are you from? And we're talking, but we're BSing about, you know, the East Coast and shit and being out here. And I get a hot dog, a foot long Nathan's, the only hot dog you should ever eat at a ball game. I got a foot long mustard and onions the way the good Lord intended, Rocky Mountain oysters, a beer. And what's scary is I hate alcohol and I got a beer because I got a Coors Light because I'm in Coors Field. And I it didn't taste like ass and uh, a big ass bag of sunflower seeds and spent almost $40. And if you told me you would spend 12 something on, on a hot dog, I tell you you're a fucking nut job. And then I go and I do it at a ball game because where else am I going to do it? Cause it's just, you have to, I have to have, I have, I like, I feel like I have to go to one baseball game a year and have a hot dog in the stadium to feel like a normal functioning human. That's just me. I had a great time. There's some pictures behind me. They won. They went against the San Diego Padres. And uh, they were just making – the Rockies were making the Padres look like they never played before. But it was nice. And then I don't know if whatever city you're in, but if they have like limes or birds, uh, that is my crack cocaine, my guy. I will, I'll drop 50 bucks on a bird and not care. And then I'll take her out to dinner. Hachicha. Um no, they're scooters. They're like these scooters. When I was in Paris, I actually put money on a, on a, in on a lime, and that's my preferred one. I've heard the limes are cheaper. I don't know if it is, but it's like I think a dollar to unlock the scooter and fifteen cents every mile or every minute. So like, I parked my car, got on a, on a scooty puff, flew over to the stadium, dollar seventy five. Got out of the game, sat in the car, let my phone charge up, got back on a scooter, drove around for 30 minutes, six bucks, just drove around the city. And the homeless, let me tell you, the homeless came out in the roves, like a lot of them. And I know Denver has a very uh, bad homeless problem. I just didn't realize, like there was communities out there, like they were hanging out, they were getting ready for the cookout, something like it was just, and like, I didn't want to ride the scooter through the homeless camp. It's rude. That's their home. Like, I don't want to just imagine if someone just came into, like, my my building and, like, ran up and down the, the hall. It's rude. Like, it's fucked. So I just, like, got off the scooter, got on the street. I was riding, like, on the, like, opposing side of traffic. I just don't. When I'm on one of those scooters, I don't care. I don't give a fuck what the law is. I don't care who's around me. I don't know what your name is. I'm going. And I'm just and around. Uh, if you – and it's a cheap date. It's a cheap date. You go say, hey, let's go ride, let's go ride limes around for like an hour. Then I'll buy you dinner. We'll go home. The that, so the best dates you can have is that. And this is how you know if you can work with somebody. You buy a bottle of wine, you buy uh some some you buy a drink, you buy something nice, maybe you get a nice charcuterie board, a nice cured meat, maybe a moldy, stinky, runny smelly goat cheese, something nice to have, something you could pick at, grapes, little bread, some matzah even, and you buy a Lego set. Nothing crazy, nothing's like 250 to 400 pieces. You sit down, you have a glass of wine, you and your lady, and you put the set together together. One person gives the instructions, the other person gives the pieces, and then you go from there. And you will negate six months of dating from this. Because if the two of you can't work together, you leave. I stand by this 200%. 200%. Do this. Do it. Because if you can't work with somebody, if they don't have communication skills, you're not going to want to be with them. I don't give a, I don't, I don't care how good looking they are. I don't care if, you know, like their mouth is a, is a, is a hoover. I don't care. <laughs> you will learn so many things, but 
back to what I was saying originally. I had a great time. Um, there's pictures on my Instagram. There's probably pictures behind me still. If not, they were. Ba-bow, ba-bing. And what's weird is like it was on a Thursday and usually Thursday is my day where I do whatever I have to do and then I come home and I don't do anything but play video games because it's like the one day that I've set aside that that's my free day. And my buddy's like, game. And I'm like, yes. <laughs> and then I just went. It just worked out perfectly. So there's there's a point about every year for me. Where's my time? There it is. Every year for me, there's a time where... Um, she comes to visit the wayward lows, the, the melancholy every year, multiple times a year, more likely than not. But, you know, it's probably the oldest friend I have. So when she comes to visit, things feel comfortable. And a few things can happen when she comes, also when she shows up. And one of them is Minecraft. And I'm back. Like, I'm just in it. Like, I'm just fucking, I'm in it. I just, I had an awful day and I wanted to play Minecraft and I just, like, I, I streamed it and I start. I did like a two hour stream and I like said to myself, you're doing a two hour stream and you're getting off because you will spend 18 hours doing this. And then like, I told my friend who actually got me the baseball tickets. I told him, I'm like, bro, I'm, I'm Minecraft. He goes, and you didn't tell me. And I'm like, dude, I, I was playing on PC. He goes, I bought it on PC. Remember? I'm like, dude, I totally forgot. So like that, as I'm talking to him, he like boots it up, updates it, and then bought a server. Like he bought a realm and we've just been playing and she's back and I'm trying to be cool about it, but I'm like going to bed watching like, can I survive a hundred days in Minecraft survival mode? And like, and here's my goals and I'm doing a one block and like, I'm just like, I'm genuinely watching these videos and I'm like, oh yeah, diggy hole. Like, I'm just like, I'm into it again. And I can feel like the excitement and I'm afraid this might be my game of the, not my game of the year, but the game that grabs me for the year. Like every year I have one, but Minecraft is back. Um, I just, I don't know. I want to stream it more and I want to play it more. And like my buddy just texts me as I'm recording. And I was like, Hey man, I got to record around eight o'clock. He's like, are you going to be on? I was like, I have to, or I said to him, I have to record after he asked me if I was getting on. And he texts me now and it's currently 8.30. He's like, you getting on or 8.20 something? He's like, you getting on? I'm like, dude, I'm recording. So she's back. Minecraft is back in my life for a little bit. Who knows? Who knows how long this could be? This could be a two month thing. This could be a three week thing. This could be the rest of the year. I don't know, but I'm excited to see where it goes. There's, there's, I have a couple more things that I want to talk about. Um... One of one in particular, one in particular, and then there's kind of like a like a rant bit that I want to do for the end of the show. Um, I don't know how I don't know how school was for you guys. I know for for me, I hated it, and there was only a few teachers that I, I liked. Uh, young Heather, who was on the program very early on, uh, another English teacher that I had who was who gave me some of the best advice I had ever gotten, and recently. I found out one of my favorite teachers from seventh or eighth grade had passed away and he wasn't very old. He was maybe in his, I don't know. He, he only just retired maybe like the year after I graduated. So maybe five, six years ago. So he was, and he had a son who had down syndrome and he took that kid everywhere. And like the first thing I thought was like, what happened? How's his son? Like, that's just the, I wanted to know about his kid. And he, he just, he cared. Like he was a history teacher and I felt like he cared about us. He was stern, but he was like fair stern. And I just felt like he cared about us. He cared about our education. 
and history. And like, there was a, an English teacher I had my freshman year who you could tell he was just there for the paycheck. Like, he didn't give a fuck about us. He just, you know, he probably flunked out of college once and his parents paid it off and he went back and he was just like, well, I'll get a teaching job because I have summers off and all the holidays off. So I, I guess like a moment of silence for this guy, man. I don't really want to say his name because I feel like, you know, you might be able to, f- to find some information about him or his family, you know, but he's actually funnily, funnily enough, he's the teacher. He's the person, not even the teacher. He's the human being who introduced me to the thing. My favorite movie before I had seen it in his class. I was talking about movies with a friend and he had this very deep voice and he goes, Vince, are you talking about these movies? Have you ever seen the thing from 1982 starring Kurt Russell? And I'm like, no, I can't say I have. And he's just like, well, it's, it's fantastic. You'd love it. He's like, these guys, they're, they're in the Antarctic and there's an alien and they don't know which one's the alien and the whole movie you're trying to figure it out. I remember I was, if you're, if you're facing the board from, so it was like facing the board from the right hand side, I was the second row, four or five seats back right next to me sat my buddy Dom. And I remember I was talking to Dom about movies who I talked to Dom about movies all the time. And he's like, Vince, you'd love this movie. It's a it's a scientific thriller for the ages. He's like, they just remade it, but they did it in 2011, a few years ago. And it's it's not as good as the original. And I'm like, really? He's like, I'm like, you're not talking about like the thing from the fair, not from the Fantastic Four. Like he cut me off. It's like fantastic movie, phenomenal movie. You'd you'd love it. And I kind of just I remember like looking at someone. I was like, yeah, I'll probably never watch that movie. It's gonna be my favorite movie ever. Like one of them. So yeah, rip to a real one. Meso, meso. Mesopotamia. Now, we have to get into the meat and the potatoes of this show. But before I do that, I have to thank the Patreon. Thank you to the Patreon for your love, kindness, and support because of you guys. I continue to do this. And I have a blast doing it. And it's nice to know that somebody gives a damn. Starting from the top, I have to thank the OG Noah. Thank you, Noah. After Noah, it's Danny. Thank you, Danny. After Danny, it's Marcus. Thank you, Marcus. And last, but certainly not least, we have to thank TP. Thank you to all of you. I love you. Thank you for, for your support, your kindness, your generosity. I hope you guys are well. But now we got to get onto the lore. Like I say, every week I ask a question. And this week's question was another one of those, you tell me and then I'll choose type Johns. So I went into the lore question tab on the Discord. Make sure you're in the Discord, baby girl. And I said, hey, fellas and lady fellas and non-binary fella people. What's a weapon from fiction that you really like? Coolest one wins. And I got, I got, I got three total answers. And I'll be honest with you, Mr. Tom Flood got it right away with the Wabajack. Because I always forget the Wabajack exists, and it's so cool. It's like, here's just random shit that happens. And I remember, like, doing that quest to find Shigorath or Shigarath. I don't really know how to say his name. But I remember finding, like, someone was like, you have to do this quest. He's in every game. Go find him. And I went and I found him. So... If you'd like to hear any lore whatsoever, make sure you're in the Discord, because once a week I ask a question, and the first person to get the question right or pick something that tickles my fancy gets to pick lore for the week. This week comes to us by way of Mr. Tom Flood, and it is on James, dad from Fallout 3. Now, I was surprised when uh, our boy Tommy 
said that he wanted to hear about James, I was surprised I hadn't done it yet. So James is the father of the Lone Wanderer, and he's also a scientist and Vault 101's physician. He is an inquisitive, meticulous, and determined fella. This mindset, this way of life, led him to cultivate a group of people, other scientists, other intellectuals, other smart people. Uh, they developed this collective that they would purify the water. Project Purity. Him, Dr. Madison Lee, a few others, a woman named Janice is there. Sometime before 2277, before the year the game takes place in, this all starts sometime, this collective that he, he, he gets for the betterment of the wasteland to purify the water, happens sometime before 2258. It's a, that's the year the Lone Wanderer is born. Um, and when you leave the Vulture 19, so sometime prior to 2258, this occurs. And their base of operation being the Jefferson Memorial in D.C., James also had a wife, Catherine, who, if you've played the first literal five minutes of Fallout 3, you're uh, familiar with. It's the only game that starts with you being born, as far as I know. Both of these people, James and Catherine, Madison Lee, Janice, all these people, worked on Project Purity. And at this point, sometime, like I said, 2258-ish, the Brotherhood gets to D.C. They're in D.C. at this point, and they're watching out for Project Purity. Now, Project Purity started to take massive hits from super mutant attacks. And the Brotherhood is starting to lose people at a rapid pace. And the Brotherhood is seriously considering pulling out. Because of the diminishing returns of Project Purity and Catherine being seven to eight to nine months pregnant, she just wants to work. She's like, I need to get this done. I need to get this done. I don't want to raise a baby in a world that doesn't have clean water. This is not said explicitly, but this is the attitude that is expressed on the wiki. I get all of my lore from fallout.fandom.com. And on the wiki, it expresses this, that she just wants to work and work and work. Before the project can reach its ultimate goal, the penultimate goal of Project Purity to purify the water, Catherine gives birth and dies during the process to the player character, the Lone Wanderer, or as my friends and I would come to refer to him as Albert, uh, which is actually a reference to Fallout 1, one of the pre-made characters' name is Albert Cole. Uh, we also refer to Liam Neeson... We also refer to James when we play tabletop or James in general, instead of saying we're like dad, we always said James Neeson because he's voiced by Liam Neeson. But I'll get to some of that towards the end of the lore segment. Now, this hurts him because it's his wife and his child. Uh, and he weighs his options. Do I continue with Pro Project Purity, putting my boy's life in danger with the Brotherhood wanting to pull out more and more with us losing more people with the super mutant attacks increasing? Or do I try to find safety? And he ultimately decides that it's not safe for the baby and he has to leave Project Purity. Star Paladin Cross, the uh, companion that I'm convinced nobody has ever taken, escorts James to 101. They make a couple of stops. They get to Vault 101 and he becomes their physician and pretty much immediately continues researching Project Purity, thinking these vaults have knowledge of pre-war they know where things are they might be able to say where can we purify water how do we purify water what can we do 
Now there's nothing on any of the local files that James can access as a physician. So what he does is he sneaks into the overseer's office, hacks into the overseer's terminal, and finds all of these files on all these other vaults, and finds out about Dr. Slanislaus Braun, finds out that he's running the experiment of Vault 112, where they're doing Tranquility Lane, and uh, a couple other ex VR experiments before Tranquility Lane, and he becomes enamored with this research, this this man, and everything he has on him, and, and he also learns about the Gek. 101 doesn't have a Gek, and James sees this as something that could terraform land and purify water and change the way seeds grow and make them more and make things grow rapidly and 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 clean the air and help build. And he sees this and thinks this is a literal miracle. And it kind of is. Like I get that this is fiction, but it's a miracle that this exists, right? And he can't. It does not leave his mind. So. After being in the vault for 19 years and raising his son, on August 17th of 2077, he decides to escape 101, leaving the vault with Jonas, his assistant, his helper's assistants, and they kill Jonas. The security of 101 kills Jonas because of this. Now, because of all this happening, you, the lone wanderer, the player character, is forced to also leave 101 and go look for your dad. He went to Megaton. He... Uh, your dad, James Neeson, goes to Megaton, meets with Colin Moriarty again. He meets Three Dog and he eventually gets his way. He eventually decides that he needs the help of Dr. Madison Lee again to help restart Project Purity. He finds her and she just doesn't see that it's worthy. She can't reconcile with the idea of doing it. And she says to James, I can't do it. You have to count me out on this project. He's upset, but he says, okay. That's fine. I need to make sure this project works. Goes to 112. Now, throughout all this, he actually gets caught in the experiment that is 112, the Tranquility Lane hallucination, VR, virtual reality, lifestyle, extravaganza, what have you. And you, the player character, have to go get him out. He's the, disguised as the dog inside of the simulation. He, the Lone Wanderer then frees his father and they decide to meet up again in Rivet City and both try to recruit Dr. Madison Lee. James used the info of the Gek to persuade Lee to help with Project Purity. It works. She takes her entire research group from Rivet City and they go to Project Purity. And after nearly 20 years of inactivity, Project Purity gets back on its feet. Shortly after they retake Project Purity and you clear up the mutants and what have you, the Enclave touches down, and the Enclave says, this is ours, and we're going to do this from now on. This is our project. You're being commandeered by the U.S. government. And James tries to explain to Colonel Autumn that, uh, no, you're not, because it doesn't work and it'd be a waste of resources, which is a lie uh, for the most part. But he doesn't want someone who isn't him in control of Project Purity, because they're going to take it and not do what's right for the wastes. Now, if you've played Fallout 3, you know the sad twist, I guess, if you want to call it a twist that is coming. Uh, Autumn is so frustrated with James's lack of cooperation that he shoots Janice, the scientist, right in front of him. And James says, all right, fine. Beep, boop, boop, beep. Hits a couple buttons and opens up a radiation leak inside of Project Purity, killing everybody inside the research chamber except for Colonel Augustus Autumn. He sacrifices his life so Project Purity has a chance to last a little longer and his son, the Lone Wanderer, can go on and purify the wastes. The purify the wastes water. Now, that's all I have written down. 
for all the fun facts and the notes, I have to go on to the wiki, and I get all of my lore off of fallout.fandom.com. That's really all I have on James lore-wise because he dies there. I didn't feel like it was right to go into Project Purity or the outcomes of Fallout 3 just because that's where James' story ends. As far as James knows, Project Purity never got off the ground. And like I said, my friends and I would always refer to him as James Neeson because he was voiced by Liam Neeson. He is an essential character. I love this. But if you have the contract killer perk, he actually drops an ear that you can loot off of him. He's in a bunch of different quests. He's in Baby Steps, Growing Up Fast, Future Imperfect, Escape, uh, Following in His Footsteps, Tranquility Lane, The Waters of Life. He's he's probably the most important, uh, probably the most important NPC in the game, arguably. He only really comments on whether or not you blew up. I'll read this directly, just because when the Lone Wanderer is doing tasks to make Project Purity work, James will say that he heard of their actions. His reaction will change depending on the quest, the power of Atom's outcome. If the bomb was disarmed, he will ask the Wanderer if he truly did it and will be proud of them if told yes. If instead Megaton has been destroyed and... It's admitted to James, he will express disappointment. He can be lied to, but he will not believe it without very high karma. If the power of Adam quest was not resolved at all, at all, or if James is spoken to again after he comments on the aforementioned quest, he will instead comment on the Lone Wanderer's current karma level. Good karma yields, and this is probably one of my favorite quotes in the game, you're a good person, and it shows. And while bad karma makes him instead comment on the Wanderer seeming troubled, like there's a cloud hanging over you. And a neutral karma results in him providing a default greeting. Just some quick notes. James' face is hidden by a surgical mask during the birth scene until the Lone Wanderer appearance has been configured, after which his race will match the characters. During the birth scene and during the quest baby steps, it's the only time James is ever seen without a beard. Holotape better days of him making advances on the Lone Wanderer's mother underneath the Jefferson Memorial can be found. I don't think I've ever seen that or heard that. After you free him from Vault 112, you can ask him what it's like being a doll, uh, being a dog inside of Tranquility Lane. And he says, it has its moments, but I missed having opposable thumbs. In New Vegas, there is a picture of James and Catherine in Vault 21, which I actually talked about last week. He only appears in Fallout 3 and Fallout Shelter, and there's a photograph of him in New Vegas, like I just said. James is voiced by actor Liam Neeson, after whom the character is physically modeled. The role was written with Liam in mind and provided the dramatic tone for the entire game. Liam is it is absolutely amazing to work with, said Todd Howard, who is the executive producer of all three. It's been a pleasure bringing the father to life and working with the wonderful, wonderfully talented people at Bethesda on Fallout 3, said Liam Neeson. I hope the fans of the franchise and game will be excited by the result. Damn! Liam Neeson, I was, and I don't like you very much as an actor, but fuck yeah. In the notes here, I don't know how much of this is actually canon, but at one point in development, the story of Fallout 3 was different and James would have become a super mutant. The Lone Wanderer originally never planned to be involved in Project Purity and was to encounter James at Vault 87, who would be in the process of becoming a mutant and would ask the Lone Wanderer to kill him. Holy shit. I never knew that. That's, wow, okay. All right, cool. 
I, that's a very different game. I would love to know what that game is. But that's everything I have on James, your father, dad, from Fallout 3. That, my friends, is lore. lore, 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 lore. So I think I've talked about it on here before, but I'm friends with someone I work with who uh, is really into Fallout 4. Never played the originals all that much, but really into 4. And... We were talking about lore, and they played a ton of four, and I brought up the Gek, and they didn't know what the fuck I was talking about, and it bothered me. Like, it really bothered me. So, I'm talking to this person, and I'm like, yeah, 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 and you know, fall two of the Gek, fall three of the Gek, and I believe there's Geks talked about in New Vegas, but it's not like a big deal, like, if it's there, it's there, it's not, it's not, but like, it's brought up. And I'm pretty sure it's brought up in twenty in Fall 22, but I'm probably wrong. Whatever, 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 whatever. Bullshit. And she goes, what's a Gek? I went, what's a Gek? I was like, you're a Fallout fan and you don't know what the Gek is? And then I said, they don't ever talk about a Gek in Fallout 4? And now that I think about it, when I was talking to her and now, I don't think anywhere in Fallout 4's base game do they reference the Gek. And I think that's fucking gross. I don't know if they do it in the first game. I didn't look it up because I, I just thought of it now. But it is the like sole purpose of the game in Fallout 2. It is the sole purpose of the game in Fallout 3. Well, not entirely, but it's a huge part in making Project Purity work. Like I just talked about a little bit. And it's not anywhere in Fallout 4. Nowhere to be found. As far as I know, I don't know... There might be a terminal that talks about a Gek, but it's not brought up. Like, you you don't find a vault Tech terminal and they talk about Geks or a Robco terminal and they talk about it. Like, something that would pertain to it that you would think, be like, oh, yeah, you know, there's, you know, like, nothing. Absolutely nothing. And I think that's wild. I think that's absolutely bonkers. It's just cuckoo bananas. That's something, like, that's like, that's like, I get it if they were in a state like Texas or Michigan and super mutants weren't brought up because they technically shouldn't really be there. But like you would think a small pocket of super mutants would have left the West coast. Some masters mutants would have just said, fuck it. I'm going East and I'm going to try to find salvation, but not like direct FEV mutants. You might find people with amalgamated limbs and shit, but you're not going to find FEV mutants. You're not going to find masters mutants. You might, like I said, you could probably find one or two because they have to be nomadic. They're huge. Why wouldn't they be? But like, West Virginia shouldn't have mutants. Uh, Point Lookout doesn't have mutants. Nuka World, I don't think, has super mutants because they don't make sense being there. Canonically, lore-wise, it doesn't make sense. But you would think a Gek would pop up at least in a building. Not not like a physical Gek, but like a terminal entry. And granted, I didn't ask her if she reads all the terminal entries or not, but I don't remember ever hearing anything about a Gek. I don't remember seeing anything about a Gek. I, I even looked up Fallout 4 Gek and all I got was the modding tools. So if anybody has played a, an astronomical amount of Fallout 4 and knows the answer to this, please let me know. Because as far as I know, the Gek does not show up. Not once. Never, not once, not never. And that ups, that's upsetting. That's really upsetting to me. I just think it's such a big part of the series. It's such a big part of the franchise. Such a big, like, you would think that the Fallout show will reference a Gek at some point. Or even, like, you know, they'll be talking about some, like, um, 
They'll be like, ah, what are you talking about? There's nothing out there that's special. Wait. Hold on. Pause. Tangent time. I just realized Walton Goggins taking a picture in front of a thing that says ghoul. You think Walton Goggins might be a ghoul with his big ass teeth? I don't know why this just hit me now. I kind of hope he is. Anyway, uh, back it up. The main character being a ghoul would be so fucking cool. Show him in the pre-war. Show him ghoulified. Oh my god, they might do that. They might do that just because, like, think about it. They want the main character to be you. They want you to um, project yourself onto the character. So they're going to show someone in the pre-war, right? They're going to show a a retro-futuristic future, a time. But, like, you get it because, like, we live here and we understand capitalism, how it's bad and evil and people are dying because of it and nobody can afford rent and shit. And, like, then bombs fall and then this man is a ghoulie. Oh, they might do that. Fuck. Anyway, you would think at some point somebody is going to say, that all spawned because I started doing a semi-ghoul voice. Someone will be like, what do you what do you think? We're just going to find ourselves, like, a, a giddy-up buttercup kit? Or, or, or like or that's that's just gonna or like a Pip Boy kit, and it's just gonna be able to build the Garden of Eden. Like there's gonna be a reference to it at some point in some place, but like where will the Gek come up? What would be cool is if they find like this is the Gek, we could bring it back to our town, and then like go on a wild goose chase, and they get there and it's gone, and they're like fuck, and like ugh. I was really, really disappointed, and I was trying to explain to her, I was, like, getting upset and, like, trying to not get upset, like, when I'm explaining, I'm like, well, they got rid of weapon degradation and karma, two things that have been in, feel like they've been in the game forever. I don't think one and two had weapon degradation, I'm pretty sure they didn't, but three did, and New Vegas did, and it made sense, like, and I always use the example of Old Painless, because it's my favorite gun from Fallout 3, where you have your weapon... And it just start like, oh, I have to repair it. It's getting weak. And you can see that there's duct tape on the weapon already. But like to me, in my mind, it was there's duct tape and like there's more duct tape. And like I've used it so many times and I file down where my fingers go. So they fit the they fit the, the grip just right. And when I go to shoot at a super mutant or a ghoul or a raider, I know that my shot is true. And as you level up and like you put all this care and this work and this time into your, your stuff, I miss that. That's probably the number one thing I miss. And just, you know, a voice protagonist is a dumb idea. It's a fucking dumb idea. That might be the only F word that I don't censor this podcast to make it like to drive home the point. And I'll do it again. A voice protagonist in an open world RPG is fucking stupid. And I'll never not feel that way. It might work in The Witcher. I mean, it didn't work in Fable. None of the Fables had a voice protagonist. A voice protagonist is fucking dumb. But, like, they changed so much. And it was... It, and and I, Fallout 4 is a great game. Like, I bitch about it a lot, but I bitch about it a lot because I wanted it to be better. Because it's it's a it's an 8.5, it's a 9. Should have been, been 11 plus 1. It should have. And maybe that's just my own expectations getting too high and what have you. And I know it's not an episode until I bitched about Fallout 4 at least once. But it's a good game and I like it. And I've been having the hankering to go back and play it, to be completely honest with you at home. It's just, I think about the things that are not in it that should be in it. And I get upset because the game could be so much more. So I don't know. Like I said, if you played more Fallout 4 than I have, which you probably have, uh, because I've only put about maybe 150, 200 hours into it, I never really felt the need to go back when I was done. And if I do go back, I'm doing survival mode. But if you know of Gek, even being brought up in text, please let me know, because I have no recollection of it. And 
you would think there'd be at least a side quest or something or someone talks about it. But like I said, I don't remember it. And my friend didn't know what it was. And she told me she put about 600 hours into Fallout 4. So that's about it. If you like today's episode, thank thank you first, 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 thank you for hanging out. If you like today's episode, uh, make sure you follow me on all the socials in the description below. But if you like the intro music, uh, there's a link to Shane Ivers who makes our intro song, Feather Duster, silvermansounds.com slash free music for all of his heaters. And if you throw slash Feather Duster, if you throw slash Feather Duster at the end, you can get our intro music for absolutely free, all royalty-free music. Use it in your own projects, but not Feather Duster, because it's mine. I mean, it's not legally mine. You get the point. Join the Discord if you want to hear any lore. Twitter in the description for me, Kyle, on the show. Redbubble, again, thank you to the Patreon. I love you, girl. Uh, that's about all I have to say. Stay safe. Keep it tucked. Keep it clean. You know what I mean? Bean? I don't fucking know. Goodbye, everybody. Be safe. I love you. I'll talk to you next week. See you later. Oh, bye. Atomic Radio Hour Podcast. A Gulman Entertainment Production.